You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. So we are chatting with one of our flip sisters, Rayanne, who lives in Maryland. She just finished her first solo flip, and in two and a half months, she made a $44,000 profit. Amazing. This is such a fun conversation. We laughed a lot. Uh, we learned a lot. It was just all around so fun to hang out with her. Anyway, so we're going to get into all the numbers, all the things, how she found it, how she financed it, all of those things that everybody loves to hear. We're also going to talk about the challenges that came up and her big lessons that she learned particularly around the ARV and contract negotiation and trusting your gut, which is a big theme here, and managing your contractor, trusting the numbers, being smart, and so on. So let's get into this conversation. You're going to love her. Here we go. We want to start with just Introducing yourself, giving us a little bit of background about you and where you are and what you do in the world other than save old houses. <laughs> um, well, my name is Rayanne. I'm located in Maryland and specifically uh, more the southern uh, part of Maryland in Waldorf, and it's actually called Southern Maryland. Um, I got married about five years ago and my husband is a real estate agent. Oh, got it. So before that, when we met, um, I was a financial planner in another area and he was a real estate agent. So when we decided, you know, we like, like, liked each other, um, <laughs> I, I decided that I would move down to Southern Maryland to be with him and I changed careers. And so just kind of to frog hop the, the career before that, was automotive. So I was an, a tire consultant to OEM car manufacturers. So I've always been in kind of like a, a male dominated um, industry. Yeah. And so I did that for about eight years where I was the tire expert from everyone from Mercedes and Porsche all the way down to Kia, Toyota, Dodge. How um, interesting. Almost everybody. So I know way more about tires and braking systems and um, how the vehicles work than most people should know, but I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went back to that for a year when I got down here, cause I didn't really know the area. And I was like, well, cars are everywhere and everywhere people need to repair and maintain their cars. So I should be able to, to get into that pretty um, easily, which I did. Um, I took a job with a uh, tire and repair place, uh, a Mr. Tire retailer. Um, 
And I was actually the first woman they'd ever executive that they'd ever hired in the history of the company. The company had been around, I think, 60 years. And I was the very first one. And they were very nervous about hiring a woman. They really did not think that um, I would be able to do this job. Oh my gosh, this is fascinating. (laughs) Like, I'm like intrigued and I'm angry and I'm pumped. (laughs) Like I'm all these things. (laughs) It was so interesting because the corporation that I left had plenty of women. I mean, we were still definitely uh, the minority versus men versus women, but this one, I was like the one. And at the, um, with the first day that I came on, um, I had a region of like 14 stores, I think eight of the stores, the general managers called corporate and were like, absolutely not, not working for a woman. This is not happening. No. Holy cow. So anyway, um, I did that for a year and it was really interesting because within that year, um, I raised uh, the market what they call, you know, the market. Um, I took it from the red to the black. So I made it profitable again. I mean, and I did that in about two months. Wow. Um, I raised everybody's salaries and I hired the most, um, women managers and also minority managers. And I had the youngest managers as well. Not all of them were young, obviously, but I had some very young managers that I, you know, taken a chance on, you know, let's see if you can do this. Um, I had the most amount of female managers under me and I had the most amount of minority managers under me and I raised people's, and it was just funny because if you pay people more and they're happy to go to work, they do better for you and they make more money. (laughs) Surprise. Wow. Um, so I did that that for a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really good. And people, it was interesting because like mechanics and other, and managers would bring their daughters in to meet me. Wow, And it was such an interesting experience. I will never forget this because one of my managers said um, to his daughter, this is daddy's boss's boss. Oh, wow. That gave me chills. Holy cow. And her eyes got so big. She's never seen a woman in that rank. That is so impressive. Like, I'm so curious. So you said there were eight stores that were like, absolutely not. Correct. Mm -hmm. What? What happened with those? I get, I'm taking you won them over. Um, all to be honest, all except for I like one, maybe two, um, was kind of a, a fight till you know till I left. It was um, they were just like you know I'm going to do my job. I love this company. I don't like you, and I still don't think you should be here. Wow, man. Man, man, man. Amazing how ego can so get in the way. Yeah. Golly. I disagree with you. I can do this job all day long in my sleep. I can do your job all day long in in my sleep. Right. Um, But, you know, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm here to make sure that you're profitable. That's what I'm here to do. That's amazing. How long did you do that with them? So I was, I was there for a year. Okay. Um, And then my husband, then fiance at that point, uh, was like, man, you're working more hours than I am. Like you outwork me and I work a, a lot. Um, because to do that, to kind of, you know, I had to put in some, some grit and some time to one first win over that. I know what I'm doing and I can hang in as long as any man, like I, you know, um, so I was doing six days a week with one day off and then seven days a week with no day off. And I did that for and, you know, I was happy to do that, to turn it around and show these, this company, um, that women 
can work in automotive, that women can know vehicles and tires and braking systems and sales, just like anybody else. Right. Um, And it was funny because their annual conference, it was like this huge auditorium that we were in. And I stood up, they had me stand up and wave as like the first woman ever to be in the, like, I was so, I was like, hi. Oh God. But um, yeah, I mean, when I was, when I said I was leaving, you know, the women at corporate, which were still just in kind of like admin roles. I mean, they wrote in, they were, you know, they were so upset that I was going, but I was like, you know what? I opened the door for someone else. Oh, wow. So Yeah. That's amazing. I love knowing that about you. You're a badass. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, before that, I did financial planning, which is not an easy um, career for for females either. I mean, it it is it's really rough. It's really really rough. Um, Interesting. And it's get, getting started there, um, I actually had to bring a man with me to my appointments. To, to get me into the door. And once we sat down at the table with clients, they quickly realized that um, I was the one that had the goods and he uh, was the face. He was the sideshow. Yeah. Yeah. Which was to get me started. And I mean, we're still friends. Like we, we became partners, uh, Mark and I, but I mean, I just, I was not getting appointments on my own until they realized that I, I actually know math and I know trends and all this stuff. So that's kind of been like my, career life is like getting into the stuff where people are like, I don't know if a woman can do that. And I'm like, "Mm, let me see. Yeah. So (laughs) let's just see. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I love it. I love knowing this about you. Super cool. Okay. I joined, um, you know, I went into business with my husband who was, you know, he had been doing real estate since, since 2007. So I joined him and I really didn't know real estate at all. So I was like, you know, I don't want to do, I don't want to be an agent because I don't know what I'm doing. So let me do something behind the scenes. So I did um, his like contract to close, like his, his clerical stuff, just to kind of learn what was going on. Yep. And so I did that for a while and I got pretty good at it. Um, And then he would start to take me on listing appointments with him um, just to see the house. And, you know, because I would watch him do put in the listings and I was like, well, you know, why don't you say this or this, this room has like a really pretty window. Why don't you mention that? Or, you know, like that. So he started to take me with him. And then when I was there, I would kind of like move furniture around a little bit, or I would suggest something. And I was like, Hmm, like maybe there's something to this where I kind of have an eye of how the house should look before it, it gets photographed. And I found out that that is called something called staging. Right. So I, you know, I looked into that and it it was interesting. And somebody posted in the group that um, their brokerage like poo-pooed their idea. And that's what was happened, happened to me that the brokers that we were at, I went in and talked with the office manager and I said, you know, I really think that I want to get um, some more training or certification, go into staging, because I really think that I have, you know, some kind of, you know, I don't know everything, but some kind of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and home staging. And they said that was the stupidest idea they have ever heard there. It, there's no point. There's no money in that. Just get your license and go sell real estate. What like, year was this? Oh, this was 2018. This wasn't even like 1985. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, and I was like really excited about it. I found this, this teacher in this course. And I was like, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to go into staging and, and in stage or listings, I think there's a value there. And they're like, that is stupid. 
Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I was like, okay. So oh, wow. luckily I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I do because I like it. And <laughs> um, wow. People can so be in their own way about things. Like this is such a theme for you. You can yeah. keep confronting <laughs> men who are totally in their own way on stuff. <laughs> yeah, coincidence. I mean, uh, and that that was a woman telling me that that was the stupidest thing she'd ever heard, and that I should just get my license and go sell real estate. Which, I mean, you can. There's money in real estate, but you know, I don't. They said no to staging. Right. So, and I did it anyway. I was like, I really <laughs> like this. I really think I have some kind of talent that I need like a mentor or a teacher to like help me along with. Um, so I did that. Um, so I became a certified stager. Um, and, you know, um, I did that. It was, and I won uh, the first year in that I won Reese's award for rising star in North America or a finalist in North America. Um but then again, you know how how things kind of just keep evolving and and getting bigger and better. So in my staging um, careers and and jobs, I go into homes and I would say, hmm, you know, if if this was my home, I would you know redo this or take this wall out or you know what I mean. And I'm like, okay, so is there something that I can do with that where there I can go into a home and you know, change it and give it a facelift and give it new life. I was like, what's that called? <laughs> I love this. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> flipping. <laughs> it's a flip. There is something. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and um, then we, you know, we would have contractors come in to the listings and they would kind of talk to me in a certain, like, I didn't know what I was talking about or stupid. Um, we now don't work with those, those types of contractors anymore. But, um, so I was like YouTube being like different things. Um, cause like somebody gave me attitude about changing a toilet and like I YouTubed it. And I was like, this is like, not that difficult, dude. Like you are not Einstein. So, <laughs> um, and that's actually how I found you. Cause I was like, all right, are like women like doing this thing or yes. is like all dudes? Yes. Like, is there anybody that like, you know, knows what they're doing that looks like me? So, and then like, I found you, like the internet was like, yes, Ryan, there is, and here she is. <laughs> so, um, I love it. I joined your program in February. Um, and I was super excited. And then I got like super, um, I don't know, uh, scared and excited and disappointed and all of those, those feelings. Um, cause it wasn't, you know, it was a little bumpy for me. Um, you know, I was going through some health challenges and then, um, I had that snafu when I created my name, like they'd use somebody else's That's logo right. and it was like, that was a whole mess. That's right. Um, and then I, you know, I would put in some offers and I would always get outbid because you, you know, and so I was like, Hmm, this sucks. So then finally, randomly, I was like, I'm going to do this. I am house flipper. I'm going to find a house. I'm going to do this. And then like a week later, I'm not even joking. I was on a investor, a local investor group. And somebody was uh, a wholesaler was like, I have this house and it needs to close pretty quickly. Like it's, is anybody interested? And I looked at the pictures and it, it was not horrible. Yeah, It did need some stuff, but it wasn't like, you know, a bomb went off. 
Um, so I was like, I, I DM'd her and I was like, is this still available? And she said, yes, it is. Um, cause I had seen her post like a couple days after. And usually like when a house oh, goes yeah. up, especially in like the May, June area it was still hot. So it was like, you know, and she was like, it is, I was like, would I be able to see this? And she was like, yes, like now. Um, <laughs> so I did, um, my husband and I went over and, um, it definitely had some other things that the pictures, you know, didn't show. Uh-huh. Um, but I was like, I, you know, I think I can, you know, I just like the energy in this house and mm-hmm. I feel like this house has more to give to a person or a family or whoever, you know, it, it has a second life to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I can work with this. Um, so I put in an offer, um, hindsight, you know, because they needed to go, needed it to, to go to close so quickly, I probably could have done a better job negotiating the price, but I, I, I was able to do like, I think it was like 5,000 under what they were asking. That's still pretty good <laughs> given the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, she came back and she was like, you know, she was like, how much time will you need to close? And I was like, probably about 10 days. And she was like, that should be good. And then the next day she was like, I need you to close it in two days. Oh, they're always like that. They're always like that. (laughs) And I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. So always your problem. Yeah. So I ratified on Wednesday and I closed it on a Friday and, um, I was like, what am I even, what is going on here? Right. What is even happening right now? Yeah. And I didn't have (laughs) time to like look for source my materials or anything. It was kind of like closed. And then, but here's the deal. You also didn't have time to psych yourself out. No, there was no time. There was no time to be scared or second guess yourself or anything. I don't like long escrow periods, even for myself, because there's too much time to get all up in your head. Right. It's like, Oh, wait, wait, I forgot this. Oh my God. I totally forgot this. Oh, 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 I, ah. and it's like, no, just go close. Be done. Yeah. Figure it out. You'll be fine. Yeah. 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 I'm under contract with one now and it was, it's a longer escrow period than what I would have liked. Uh-huh. Um, also with a wholesaler. Um, and now I'm like, you know, people like my lender, my hard money lender is like, are you sure that's all you need to do? And I, I, it, he's making me self and I'm like, I, you know, I, I know what I need to do. So, you know, it gives anyway. everybody too much time to get all up in their head. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, but yeah, so we closed on that one, um, June 24th, my first, the first flip walnut. Um, we, so I was looking at hard money lenders. I had interviewed a bunch. There's one that I wanted to go with. Um, my husband, suggested that, uh, maybe for our first one that we keep it in the family. So we actually went to his dad to be the private lender on that one. Gotcha. Okay. So he funded the whole thing. He funded the whole thing. So he funded the purchase price and then, um, also the repair. So, and then, um, we paid him a lump sum out of, um, for, you know, the use of his money for borrowing his money. So he was the uh, hard money or yep. private money lender, um, for that. Okay. What was the purchase price on that? That one was either 290 or 295. Okay. And going into it, what were you estimating, estimating the repairs to be? Um, I estimated them to be around like 14 or 15 and I came in at 12. So I came in under budget, which was nice. I wanted to be more under budget. $12,000 renovation? Why does everybody... <laughs> Are you serious? Why is that weird? <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing. What did you do? What did you do for 12 grand? 
oh my god <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess I, okay I don't know now you see now you're making me sense I can guess myself no <laughs> it's amazing I have never had well wait my my uh recent whole tale I did was about eight or nine grand maybe <laughs> and that was a whole tale where I just like cleaned it up <laughs> Um, yeah, so it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was like, it wasn't a full renovation. It's not like, you know, kitchen, you know, bathroom. So, um, what we did was we painted the entire house. Um, we had, we had some dry raw repair that were, um, throughout the house for different reasons. Um, we repaired the staircase. It was a, a raised rambler. So it was a rambler and then it had a fully finished basement. Oh, cool. So the stairs downstairs, they had moved a piano and like ripped the stairs off the wall. So we had to repair that, brace that. Um, I'm trying to go over. We, we replaced all of the lighting, updated all of the lighting. I installed, which wasn't there in the main living area, this gorgeous fan. It was beautiful. Um it had really, it had good windows. So you didn't have to mess with that in the kitchen. Um, my, actually my contractor, my husband thought that we would have to replace the appliances. I was like, they're just dirty. And I cleaned the doo-doo out of these and they worked fine. Um, the oven, the stove was missing knobs. I found the knobs on Amazon, the direct match and everything fired right up. Um, we did update, we replaced, um, the kitchen faucet to make that more. Uh, and then we changed out the fixtures on the cabinets, which completely changed the look. It was so cheap. Isn't it amazing? Things like that can have yeah. such a huge impact. Yes. Yeah. And I think from my staging background is why I can kind of pinpoint, like, I don't want to say the cheapy stuff because I mean, it still costs money, but I mean, instead of redoing the kitchen, uh, you know, if you change out the lighting and the paint and the fixtures, I mean, it'll com completely change out the look. Now, I'd made that decision because I personally thought the cabinets were really nice. So I, I was like, well, how can I work with this? It, it doesn't make sense to pull out a perfectly, I mean, they're really nice cabinets. So just how do I make them more updated on trend? Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, we changed out the dining room fixture, which was gorgeous, this big glow, beautiful light. Um, let me see. I just cleaned the hall bathroom and actually, oh no, I changed out the mirror and the lighting to update it, but um, just to make it more on trend. The master, or primary now as the word, there was quite a bit of cleaning that had to be done because it there were some things in there like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. So, so there was like, I don't, I don't want to gross your listeners out, but I guess somebody had been, there was like poop and pee and it had been sitting there for probably six months. Oh God. So it was a great learning experience because I got to learn how to, how to get that stuff out of there, you yeah. know? Um, oh my gosh. So we trashed out um, all of the carpet, obviously in the house. So that, that went, but then we, you know, we had to clean and disinfect. And then um, there was actually hardwood under the carpets. Oh. And, um, and if there hadn't been this issue, we, I probably would have tried to resurface them, but I was like, we just need to like oh, bleach yeah. it up right, and disinfect and right. get, you know, get it all clean and then put a nice clean um, padding and carpet on it. I thought that was probably the better, like if I was living the house, I thought, you know, that was the better way to go. We did the whole uh, primary bathroom. That's it was all brand new. We ripped it all out and did that brand new. Um, downstairs, uh, we rebuilt the fireplace. Um, 
tiling. Um, there's bathroom down there. The deck, I power washed that on my own. I bought a power washer and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I could do this. Um, it was kind of tiring, but I power washed the whole thing. So I'll probably source that out next time because I, it did take a really long time. And then we cleaned, like I cleaned it. I bought this, like I, YouTube, I YouTubed everything. I was like, what's the best way to do this? So I found like the best deck and fence cleaner because the fence was kind of drab too. And then I did have my contractor go in and uh, paint, uh, re- repaint it. So it was all, you know, bright and pretty. And then the fence, there was like upside and a half of the fence that was like down and just needed to be addressed. Um, and so this is another thing I, this is probably the YouTube where I was like, YouTube, you were not exactly honest on this because this is hard <laughs> as hell. So it was like this one guy and he was like, we're going to build a fence today. This is how we build a fence. And he, you know, built this, it was like a 14 minute video. He built this fence, this whole fence. I was like, oh, we can do that. Cause it wasn't, we were using the original post. It was just like the paneling or whatever, the big six foot. Yeah. I was like, all right, so we'll just go to Home Depot. We'll buy like 10 panels. We'll just hammer them in. And then we'll go to lunch. <laughs> we'll go to lunch. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we had some friends come over and I was like, oh. you know, I was like, oh, we just need to put a couple panels up. Like I totally underestimated this job. So it took like four or five people, five people about five or six hours. We're all sweating. It's like <laughs> the heat of July. It's like 105. Oh, We're like, oh. So, um, uh, but, you know, it's it, it was cheap because instead of getting a company or somebody to build out this fence, replace what needed to replace the panel, I think total it was like 850 or something for the oh, panels. Oh, wow. And then I, I bought everybody lunch or something, you know, so- <laughs> Instead, you know, so, um, <laughs> I'm impressed, man. I can't believe you did all that in 12 grand. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing so hard about that. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll go to lunch. It'll be fine. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really watched the video. I was like, Oh, I mean, he built this whole thing in 14 minutes. I, I mean, I know understand. it was like, but I was like, he built a whole fence. We just have to do like a side and a half. We'll be good. We have five people. Or we're adults. Not a big deal. Everybody yeah, I was like, not a big deal man. at all. So I I like the way it went out. I mean, um, and then there was a lot of landscaping because it was a, a pretty nice size yard and it would, they let it grow probably up to here. Like it was really, really tall. And because we had it on market over the summer, which was you know, so there was that. Well, we added landscaping also. We cut in a whole huge bed in the front that wasn't even there. Oh, and I added wow. bushes and flowers because it was like, you know, I want it to be pretty. Yeah. So yeah, we did that. That was our budget. And that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I'm super impressed. Wow. Okay. So you came in under budget at 12. We did. We did, um, which is good. Yeah. It's fantastic. What, uh, what were you thinking? So when you bought it in June, Mm -hmm. what was the ARV that you were estimating? So this is the, this is definitely a learning part of the conversation. So kids tune into this part. So (laughs) when I, um, put it through the analyzer and I ran the numbers, the ARV was 400. There was actually um, a property like one street over that was almost identical, a little bit smaller. Um, 
that was getting ready to close. And my husband actually called that agent and was like, what did it appraise for? And she told, she said 400 and we're like, cool, 400. Awesome. So we kind of knew that 400 was 400, 400, 400. And then, you know, at the end, like the week before when I was staging in, it looks so pretty. And I was like, I am so proud of this. This is beautiful. This is the best house ever. Everybody's going to love this house. I found a comp that was like six months old. That was um, same type. It was a rancher with a basement that had three bedrooms instead of four bedrooms. And I was like, and then it sold at 425. And I was like, and it wasn't even as pretty as mine because mine's like the prettiest house in the neighborhood. Of course. So I was like, let, I'm going to shoot it for 425 because I really think this house is beautiful and everybody's going to love this house. Mm-hmm. And that was a mistake. Because- <laughs> oh, we, we have all or will at some point make this mistake. <laughs> so um, the comp was old. We had rates change, I think the second time right before we listed it. Um, and another mistake I made is I had pulled my contractor to go work on another job and that lagged um, repair time a week and a half on Walnut. And I think if maybe we had gotten it on market before the second rate change, maybe things might've been different. But I, now I know like my projects need to take priority and I can't pull my contractor for, for something else. But I'm um, getting back to the pricing. So I listed it at 425 the old, using the old comp and it did not, um, I think the first week we maybe had one or two showings, which just sat there and my heart was breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but, you know, smart enough, like, okay, this is business. This is not personal, you know, stay in here. So we lowered it to 415. We had more showings, um, but no offers. And then I, the next week I list, or I lowered it to 405. Um, and then we had a bunch more showings. And we uh, we got an offer, and the offer was four ten, so five over, uh, but with ten thousand closing. So we would net we come in right at that four hundred mark that we had originally projected. So it was you know it's kind of the universe like you know you said four hundred girl, so you need to stick to <laughs> right what you what you said. So um, with that, with paying the private uh, lender back and um, attorney, you know uh, not attorney uh, agent fees and transform recordation costs. So we netted, um, profit 44. That's amazing. 44 grand in your timeline was two and a half months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's over 17 grand a month. Yeah. And that was your first flip on your own. On my own. So I, um, my father-in-law had gotten into flips, um, the previous year, year and a half. So I had done uh, two for him. One was a townhouse that was pretty much a complete gut, just had to pull everything out and, and start. So I designed that whole uh, townhouse, picked out um, you know the floor plan, everything that went in, all the materials. I sourced all of the vendors and the contractors. Um, so that one, that was a really, that was still when the market was like, so he bought that one for 179 and we sold it for 305. And the rep- like the repair, all that budget was like 24. I did like a super awesome job sourcing. For a total gut job. Yeah. I'm not- <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. I'm like the, I'm like, can I get that cheaper? Where can I get that cheaper? Can I get that cheaper? Can I get that I cheaper? <laughs> um, and also, I mean, some of the things like I super clean. So something that somebody might say, oh, I got to replace that. That's horrible. I'm like, I'm going to clean the doo-doo out. <laughs> So, um, 
but if it's not usable, if it's not workable, then I, you know, I don't use it. Um, and then the second one was uh, a Rambler. Um, I like Ramblers for some reason, but anyway, uh, was a Rambler that was purchased for 300. Um, you're going to die on this. The rehab budget was, I think like 8,000. Um, and I mean, it was, you know, people were like, you're not going to be able to turn this without completely gutting out the kitchen. And I'm like, you're wrong. You are so, and guess what? I was right. Love it. I was right. I, we did like, we, we finished the floors, we repainted, uh, we cleaned, um, and we redid one bathroom. Um, that was, those were the big things. It was like, yeah, it was like 8,000. Um, so he bought that for three. It sold for four twenty five, with an eight thousand rehab budget. Oh my gosh, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy! So, and then now you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, so we finished the first one for myself, which I'm really proud of. Yeah. Um, I'm in under contract uh, for Sandalwood. I'm really excited about that one, even though you know people are like, "Are you sure about your budget?" I'm like, "I think so." I think right? Like, how many times do I need to prove you? But I am right about my budget. Right. You handle your budget and I'm going to handle my budget. Yes, I'm yeah. right about my budget. So, I love it. I love yeah. your budget. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. I think later on, you know, I think I do a couple more. Um, I want to get into things with bigger budgets, but, you know. But the thing is, it's like, find your spot, right? Like, find your slice. Like, maybe this is clearly working for you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is clearly working for you. So why do something with a bigger budget? Because it's not like your, um, it's not like your price point is small, right? So you're still making a great profit. Sometimes when the budget is small, it's because the person is in a $120,000 price point, right? right? And they have to be small, but their profit is also really small. So, you know, 44 grand uh, profit. That's no, that's no joke. Like that's fantastic in a two and a half month time frame. on, on top of that. So yeah, I mean, I don't think you're like stifling your growth by not doing bigger budgets because you're still doing renovations. You're still right. doing bigger renovations. You're just doing them for less expensive. Right? right. So I think it's awesome. I love your niche. You've totally, um, you've totally sliced out like this piece where you're just like, really, you're really good at this. That's Thank awesome. You. And I do. And just for, you know, listeners like there, I go through and I look at deals and houses a lot, almost probably every day. And I go out and look at properties at least like two or three times a week. Um, and even if I love the house, if the numbers don't work with what I think needs to be done and, and the profit, then I have to say no, even if I really, really, really love the property. So, um, I'm, I try to be as careful as possible with that. Yeah. You're smart. You're smart about it. Right. Like, yeah, we, we want to save every single house. Like, trust me, I get that. I want to touch every single house that I go into pretty much except for some where I'm like, mm, energy's weird. Get me out. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I'm like, oh, I could just make this so great. And it's like, sure. You're going to be in, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars over your ARV, but whatever, like, right. Right. <laughs> so maybe not every house is savable. Yes. That's a great tip. It's easy to, especially for beginners to get in this space of, I just want to get a deal. 
mm-hmm. and they start throwing logic out the window. Yeah. And real, it's really easy to slip into that. And it's really dangerous too, right? Like it's one of like, oh my gosh, don't do that. If you do anything, don't do that. Yeah. Okay. So any other major lessons learned? Obviously the one on pricing that you shared and sticking with that, you know, that original ARV you had accounted for. Any other big lessons on this one? Um. I think going through, like once it was under contract, um, the contract process, as far as negotiating with the other side, with the buyer was a little bumpier than I would have liked. And I think there were some flags about that. Mm -hmm. And I think just, um, I think just at the end of the day, just like kind of life in general, if you get kind of a a red flag or something in that your gut that says like, Hey, um, maybe this isn't, you know, the right fit, you know, I wish I would have listened to that. I, you know, it ended up, it ended well and it closed, but it was, I think it was a lot harder than it should have been. Trust your gut. I mean, that's a big one, right? Yeah. I would say trust your gut. Yeah. Trust your gut. God, it's so hard. Cause then our heads get involved and we're like, is that my gut or am I freaking myself out? It's yeah. Like, no, if you're questioning it, your head's involved, like step away, your head's involved. Was there anything um, that we didn't talk about as part of the process that you wanted to touch on? We talked about lessons. We talked about all the numbers and stuff. Anything else? I always like to make sure people feel complete. Yeah. No, I think I am. Um, Yeah. I like the big things. Well, this has been super fun. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thanks, Rayanne. Thanks for hanging out with me. Awesome. Bye. Bye. So good, right? And isn't she a blast? Don't you just want to come hang out with us in the Flip Sisters community? They're all like this. Anyway, if you are stuck sitting on the sideline, waiting for the right time, waiting for the right interest rates, waiting for the right housing prices, waiting for the right market, you will always be waiting. That has nothing to do with what's going on in the outside world. All of that is what's going on in your head. It's your fear. Yep. That's just one of the things we tackle in our program. So if you want to move forward, if you want to take big, scary action, and you want to do it in the comfort of an amazing and supportive community with all the step-by-step stuff you need to know, then I encourage you to book a call with my team. Let's see if we're a fit to work together. Go to herfirstflip.com and schedule a call. All right, until next time, go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them, and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.